0: Diamond Answer Man, episode 15. Well, hello and welcome to the Diamond Answer Man show. I'm your host, Jay Christopher Hertz. And the goal of our show is to help each other learn more about the world of diamonds. That's right. I'm here to answer your questions help you become more confident about your purchases make those decisions to memorialize your special moments you may reach me at 803-792-1326 you may leave voicemail messages there and i'd be happy to assist you use them in future broadcasts you may also visit me at my website diamondanswerman.com and you can even leave me a voicemail message right there from the website on the right hand side this week, we're going to talk about some changes happening in the industry with De Beers. De Beers is restructuring its company, and not necessarily the structure of the company itself, but um, on how it sees itself through, I guess you could almost say, its own eyes. Where, as we all know, when we talk about De Beers and and uh, how we perceived that company for good or bad. Um, It has been seen in the past as a monopoly, someone who controlled the industry as far as concerns price, and some may even say as far as being able to procure or get diamonds if you wanted to become a diamond polisher, the difficult nature it would be just to be able to pick up those diamonds that beers controlled throughout the mines that it operated over the last yeah i should say the past century or so it uh it is restructuring itself it also has um finalized its payments that uh, went out uh, for restitution or what you what you would like to call it where it it, it did admit no wrong for the uh, monopolistic strategies that uh, it was um, accused of and uh, payments have gone out so if you bought a diamond before this was settled, uh, and you submitted your information to De Beers. Checks have gone out, some of those checks are very minor in the, uh, in the low dollars. Um, and some, some of them had been, as you know, several hundreds of dollars um, back to consumers who've purchased and back to dealers and, and jewelers uh, who were part of the program there. So if you have not received your check. You may uh, go out online. I'll have a link on my website here uh, that will have a link back to the site where uh, you filled out your original paperwork uh, for that um, that uh, monies that was coming your direction from that settlement. So the, uh, the settlement is done. The uh, restructuring is happening. They uh, are deciding to... Change their vision. You know, they're starting with that why. You've heard me talk about that before. Know why you're in business if you're a jeweler. And know why, of course, uh, if you're going to be in the business of buying rough, controlling mines, selling rough, maybe even operating your own jewelry stores, as De Beers is doing today. Um, they're going to go ahead and change their vision where the consumer, you, uh, even the jeweler, uh, being a consumer of sorts of their product. And then, of course, the end consumer, the bride or groom uh, at the end of the line or the anniversary, uh, you know, the person who was getting an anniversary gift, that birthday, that, um, that special moment that was memorialized with that diamond. They are putting the consumer at the front of their pipeline. And I'm not too sure what that means, of course, but uh, they are operating jewelry stores and they're popping up all over, strategically planned. Uh, So De Beers is refocusing itself. It is doing away with some of the company names that uh, the trade has known them by, DTC, Diemdel. Uh, All those companies will be restructured under the De Beers family. Uh, and they will still have all the different means and uh, processes that they had before this, uh, but the name's changing. So I'm, I'm not too sure if it's just a, a restructuring of of the, the face out front, because they're not restructuring their teams, um, but they are speaking in a different way, uh, where they used to put the owner... the 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 retail buyer, that person who was buying that original that diamond, uh, at the end of the pipeline, they are stating that they're going to put them at the front, and maybe it has it does have something to do with those retail jewelry stores that uh, that we were talking about. Maybe maybe they are going to focus much much more on operating their own De Beers store since they are really strongly pushing that brand. Name. There's also a new diamond cut that uh, Forever Mark uh, has come out with. A, uh, you know, a squarish shape, um, um, polished uh, by Crossworks, which is a very well-known diamond polishing company. It is a hearts and arrows square stone, and uh, so I would imagine that's going to be a, a fairly beautiful diamond if you get the opportunity to see one. I believe it'll be sold. In the Forevermark branded stores, of course, uh, the De Beers stores should have them. So if you get to see one, before I do, of course, drop me a line. You can send me an email at jchristopher at diamondanswerman.com. You can call me at 803-792-1326. Visit me at diamondanswerman.com. Send me a message there. I'd love to hear your opinion on what this new diamond looks like. So... That's the Beers. Uh, so there, there was going to be some changes, and I'm sure we'll hear more about this as time goes on. The, uh, the other thing that's going on is that uh, diamond prices have held soft. You know, my last podcast, we talked about what was released in September, uh, and that, of course, would have been in regards to August. But all through September, the, the certified polished prices were soft Again, so we're going into the fourth quarter of the holiday season, and uh, you know, diamonds are trading at even discounts um, from month to month. Now, not very big discounts, just big overall. You know, when we look back a year ago to what we are today, there are some 10, 15, almost 20 percent changes in certain areas of diamonds, of course, still tighter in those. Very popular colors, the S I G H one carat uh, size range. You know the, the discounts aren't as great in there because of the perception you have, of course, uh, and even jewelers have uh, on the value in diamonds like that. So those those have a greater demand, even though there's more of them available. the uh, The demand is greater in those kinds of stones. So the discount, of course, uh, they're they're not sitting on them as long as they were, and, and realize. The price has a specific, um, it's in a range that uh, is an easier sale. So the discounts aren't as great there. The trade shows also, the East, Far East trade shows, the Hong Kong Jewelry Show and some of those other ones, as I spoke about, I, I guess I, I put a post on Twitter we were talking about, or at least I was talking about, what was going to happen before the shows occurred And I I said that I thought that they were still going to be soft. You know, the market is soft right now. It's a good time. You know, I speak about it being soft, but it's a great time if you're a groom right now and you want some values in your diamond engagement rings. And even if we go, as we go into the holiday season, not if, but as we go into the holiday season, there should be some really good buys if a jeweler has purchased his inventory or her inventory in advance so there could be some very good buys for us to have out there in in jewelry but the trade shows I was just speaking about the trade shows have really really uh, not been strong the uh, the buyers themselves that's the jewelers and the chain stores that go to these events and we're talking about worldwide you know so we're not just talking about the the Hong Kong jewelry show I was just at a jewelry show just about a month ago, and um, everything is sort of flat. It's not not real busy right now. And what's interesting, the buyers, whether it's chains or departments or or independents, the uh, the the lower, more inexpensive, we would we kind of call them promotional quality. But it's a little bit better than that that I've seen. But promotional quality goods um, are selling. And that's because they have fear right now that they won't be able to sell what they buy, so they're buying inexpensive uh, jewelry and and unfortunately for that i I feel that that's the wrong position to take um, if you're not going to sell well i mean at least to buy better quality uh, and and sit on it you know for a while of Of course we're not in the business of banking on our inventories we know that that's not our goal we're not banks we we're not in the in the money lending or loaning or investing business it's about buying a product and being able to sell it and make a fair margin on it and uh, and of course in return the uh the owner gets a piece of jewelry that is uh meaningful has a special moment attached to it you know memorializing special moments with those with those fine pieces of jewelry so it um I'm not too sure that uh, that any of the shows coming up will fare any better uh, as your retail jewelers and chains are a little nervous. And I don't think they should be. I think that, that we should look positive to these times. I have a friend right now who's so excited about what's going on uh in his world and and the opportunities that are out there you know so many stores are 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 a little nervous or are, I almost said running scared and i guess that's one way to say it so they're 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 buying cautiously and i have a friend who's actually i should i almost said building and he is building he's he's moving his store to a brand new location and um he's he's upgrading everything he has he's been in a very nice but smaller location for almost three years. And now he's upgrading to a much, much larger, much more historic location. And uh, he and his wife are very, very excited. And that's somebody who's looking to the positives that are going on. The, The opportunities to be had out there are just enormous right now. And again, if you're a groom right now, just the just the the opportunities for you, even if you 're spending the same amount of money I'm not, i I would never suggest that once you have an idea in mind that you spend less, maybe maybe you spend the same and, and you get something uh, more rare, more special, maybe you get something with a a higher level of performance you know that 's my big thing is making sure the diamond 's the most beautiful it can be so so take that same money that you wanted to spend before. And get something more fine and more rare, uh, because now is a great time for you to be buying. Um, another piece in in uh, news right now is that the Archduke Joseph Diamond is going to auction very, very soon, just in the next month. I should have a couple more shows in before then, but on November 13th, and uh, it's, it's positively... I should say they are they are positive. Uh, they're hoping to fetch about 15 million dollars for this diamond. And about uh, 20 years ago, Christie's auctioned this stone off for uh, I, I think it was about 6.5 million. And if we look at today's current dollars, that's roughly 10.3 million. Uh, so they're looking at at, at an increase <laughs> up to 15 million right now. Uh, for that stone, I'm not sure how much it will pull in uh, in this time, but 15 million would be would be a great number for that diamond. My my guess is it's probably going to be somewhere maybe around 13 to 14. Maybe I'm way wrong. Maybe it goes for 20. Who knows? Uh, but I'm thinking 13 to maybe 13.5 uh, to. I still think under 14 million for this stone. So um, it is from. So it's got a little. Piece of history to it, not just famous because of what the diamond is and who's owned it, but it's also from a famous mine called Golconda, uh, which other famous diamonds were from, like the Kohinoor. But the Golconda diamonds, I I guess, you know, we speak about it, and it's in a way that uh, you know, I personally have seen thousands and thousands of diamonds in my in my time in the industry. However, I don't think I have. Um, without having some reservation on the actual authenticity, but have seen a diamond from Golconda, Uh, dealers uh, will prize these kinds of diamonds that come from this specific mine. You know, we look at the rarity classifications, and we look at diamonds that are so rare in color, and we look at the ones that are colorless, and we look at the ones with the highest level of transparency, and those are graded D. The, the cool thing about diamonds from Golconda is that, um, is that they, in a way, at least perceivably, uh, or, or I should say by our eye, in a way, exceed, if it would be possible the standard D scale. So if D is the top and something exceeds it, um, what would you call that? I'm not not too sure. But dealers will call them super Ds. That's, That's what they call it. That's a strange thing. But don't think that you have the ability to go out and buy one of these kinds of diamonds. They're just not not, uh, not readily available um, as would regular diamonds would be anymore. Um, but Super D, if you can imagine that, they talk about them with a level of transparency that uh, it's it, watery, I guess, is the way I've heard it described. Um, you could see right through it. And then uh, certain polishers and, and mavens, if we want to call them that, um, uh, for the diamond industry, have also liked the types of cuts that have come out of these diamonds, the larger ones. And uh, they've lent well to some fancy shapes, and they, of course, talk about the level of dispersion that uh, comes out of them, where uh, some people are very opinionated uh, about diamonds, as I am, and they talk about certain types of diamonds where brilliance is the highest goal, uh, f- and and then lacking in other areas such as dispersion, where diamonds where brilliance is the highest goal for light return, and you and you you make the diamonds so brilliant at the cost of any other beauty. Effect such as dispersion, you create a lifeless white diamond. And uh, some of those nor stones uh, really showcase because of their cutting and the types of diamonds they've been. The level of dispersion—that's that's what's been talked about. So the Koh-i-Noor is going to auction on the thirteenth. My guess is they're hoping f- fifteen million. My guess is it's still going to be going under that mark, thirteen to to fourteen million dollars. I don't I don't think it'll Pick up fifteen, but who knows? I've been wrong before. I'm just not very often, and uh, you know that's kind of funny. I I hope, I hope whoever is selling it right now that they do get the price they want for it. Anyway, so this show, uh, what what is memo? You know, memo is something that as you go into a jewelry store. Uh, what a diamond store or somebody who sells diamonds will sometimes throw out on terms. So if you're a, a groom right now and you're looking to buy a diamond, um, memo is something that uh, that happens in our industry for good or worse. And I think memo is something that is not, right? If we could roll back the clock, memo is something just like extended credit it's not always a good thing, and uh, you, too much memo can uh, can destroy a business um, if it's not managed properly. You know, you can't have a store that's doing you know a little bit of memo and a lot of owning, or I should say, you know, you can't have a store that does fifty-fifty memo for what they're what they have as far as diamonds are in stock. Um, you could operate a store that was a hundred percent memo, and that would be absolutely fantastic. And what, what it means, and I'll, and I'll just get to that, is memo means that the store does not own the diamond. And uh, as you go around from jewelry store to jewelry store to find your right, white, white, excuse me, why, who you want to buy from, the, uh, the jewelry store will own a certain portion, I hope, of inventory. And um, if you ask for something they don't have, I would almost guarantee that they'll say, I can get that for you. It'll just take 24, 48, 72 hours, depending on if you're a weekend or not. Um, and what they mean by that is that they will get it in on consignment. And that's that's essentially what memo means. Memorandum. That's what uh, memo is short for memorandum, but it's it's essentially consignment. And uh, what that means is that the jewelry store will call up their favorite diamond dealer or polisher or wholesaler, and uh, have that diamond that fits your specifications. They'll have that sent into the store, and uh, they do not pay for it until you've paid them. Um, So there's some negatives and positives for that too, and we'll talk about that shortly. So here's my opinion on Memo. Memo is a necessary evil in today's We're talking about 2012. Uh, When I started off in the industry, memorandum was done, but not on the level it is today. A company like uh, Blue Nile is almost exclusively memorandum. And uh, what that means is that they have their listings of diamonds on the internet, and they own almost None of it. Uh, there are other online websites that do the same thing and they showcase the same types of stones. And in some cases, they have agreements with the diamond uh, uh, owner, the owner of these diamonds, the company or the individuals. And uh, the lists that they have are exclusive for that online dealer. Or uh, or in the other way, I know that there's diamond... Uh, dealers here in the United States that specialize in certain types of diamonds and, and uh, some very, very beautiful hearts and arrows type stones that um, will never, ever sell their diamonds to anybody who, uh, to, who lists them online. But here's, here's, here's the rub. If um, all you do is sell on Memo, then you're, you're at the whim of the market environment. And what I mean by that is Blue Nile sales have gone down over the last year and and maybe maybe sales isn 't the right word um, because i haven 't actually uh, researched what their total volume is, but what I have read about is their margin, and their margin has gone down quite a bit and uh, and that 's over the last year you know we 're talking about diamond prices being down now. Um, And they've gone down, but last year, uh, Blue Nile was suffering a little bit because the diamond prices were at a high, right? And uh, when you don't own your inventory, you don't get the discounts you would get when you pay for them in cash. We understand that. Obviously, if if you're going to buy something today uh, and you pay cash for it, you get that cash price almost in any industry where you can buy something and negotiate right a price you know pricing itself is sort of um, it's sort of black magic. you know how do we set value on something it 's in some cases it 's an opinion in other ways it's just a number that we use uh, for psychology to get you to buy something and uh, it used to be in this country that uh, we did business in a way where people always negotiated price you know it wasn't until the last 100 and 120 years or so that we had price tickets on merchandise in stores that we used to go in and we would haggle and and discuss prices and uh, you know if you were a local business person And you were a local individual buying from that business person. You went in and discussed what you wanted to pay for it. And uh, they knew, right? They knew if they took advantage of you in some way, it would affect them. But we're in a different world today. If you buy something today from your local jeweler or local big box store... You're in no way uh, thinking about the fact that that person who works there may come and buy something from you. At least most people don't. There are some people who are really big about that. And uh, so in, in today's world, we tend to shop around and not think about what we're spending. We just get what we think is our best price. Well, when we buy on Memo, we don't get a good price. We never do. Because the diamond dealer is thinking that it's a bank in a way, and it has to pad its losses. Um, It's got money out on loan or its cash reserves are gone because they've purchased this inventory. And um, when the jeweler receives the stone, it's not at the cash price. And uh, they tend to then not pay for it right away. Um, you know, one of the things that has been very well spoken about about most of your online sites is that when they get them in on memo, they almost pay for them right away. We're talking about seven to 10 days. You have return policies with most of these online sites. That's pretty strong. And so they want to pay for it right away, but they also want to offer you that returnability. So what they've done is they've made sure they've managed their finances Appropriately, and they pay for them right away. Then they don't argue about the prices when they're sent out on memo, where uh, where jewelers have tried with time uh, to argue with the memo prices. And uh, the unfortunate thing about that is when you're shopping, when they get it in, maybe you might want to ask them. Now I won't I won't win any friends today, uh, but you might ask them. Remember, it's about getting your best value. Uh, on this purchase, so you can buy more, right? Um, get something bigger or better. Uh, get something more special, more beautiful. But if you're going to buy a diamond today from a jewelry store or broker, whoever it may be, um, then you want to find out if they're going to be able to pay for it right away. And I don't want to. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. However. Um, if they're not going to pay for it right away, then you're not going to get the best price. So you want to make sure that if you're getting it on memo, if there is going to be that discount involved, right? We're talking about it being a good time to buy right now, um, that they're going to leverage, since they're not leveraging themselves, they're leveraging your money, that uh, they're going to leverage uh, you um, in this time that they should be able to pay for it right away since it's not their funds. They just take whatever margin they feel they need to make on the top of it. But they need to pass that on to the dealer who's banking and and, and bankrolling the jeweler they're working with. And there's nothing wrong with everyone making a fair margin as long as the return for you is something special. But um, uh, you want to make sure that if there is going to be an opportunity for a reduction in the cost, you ask for that and uh, they may need to call the dealer that they're working with. They need to be able to say to that dealer that they're not going to take 30, 60 or 90 days to pay for it. That uh, that when you when this transaction uh, concludes and you're happy with the diamond you've purchased, you know, maybe you do still have a 30-day return policy, it depends on what you negotiate. Maybe you get a better price cuz you're you're happy with it now and and you're not ever going to return it. Um, you know, it's a done deal at that point. Maybe you negotiate. Remember, I always talk about personality, enthusiasm, and integrity, and never ever buy from a store that has an all-sales final policy, unless, of course, you're aware. And I'm not going to, I'm not backtracking to say I'm speaking out the other side of my face. It, it, it is just something you can do. But I want to make sure that you realize you're always in control and take advantage of the position you're in. There's nothing wrong with you asking for something more. This is a very special purchase, and you do want to develop a relationship with a good jeweler, online or otherwise, in-store brick-and-mortar. You know, I'm a a big brick-and-mortar store supporter. However, I have sold lots of diamonds online myself. So I, I'm I'm I've had my feet and hands and head in both ponds, definitely, from diamond polishing to retailing to wholesaling, um, you know, both uh, online and in store. Uh, so I, I am i I've, I've lived all those worlds, and you definitely want to just. Find somebody you can develop a relationship with and have these kinds of conversations. If you're working with someone who's not going to talk with you about these kinds of opportunities and then uphold those opportunities, um, then then maybe you need to buy somewhere else. So Memo gives a jeweler to have better and greater availability of diamonds. It, uh, It does not mean that they will have better prices. It usually means there will be tighter resale margins just to be competitive. And, um, and you may be able to get around that if you're able to negotiate with the jeweler. The jeweler will have to do some negotiating on both of your behalves, remember win-win situation, to make sure that the, uh, that the dealer or owner of the stone is paid right away. And what kind of a reduction it would be if you're paid or they're paid right away. And then that's passed on to you. So um, memo. Memo is a negative, of course, if, uh, if jewelers do too much memo. And their margins are too low. You know, we always think about we got to get the deal. That's that special thing that helps jazz us is is that deal we get. How much of a discount we got? And sometimes it's not relative to re- it's not reality. It's just the fact we perceive we get one. Um, but memo itself is a negative because stores that. Aren't as liquid and tend to be in deep in other areas, tend to use memo as a crutch, and then tend to um, drag out their payments of these kinds of stones much, much longer. So I think memo is is a bad position uh, for a jeweler to be in if that's all they have to do because it weakens their ability to be able to pay for other things and other obligations in their store. So uh, uh, lots and lots of memo. So I'm speaking to jewelers now, not really consumers, uh, but speaking to jewelers, try to minimize your memo purchases and then maximize what your buys are. So now if you 're a consumer you're you 're a guy who 's going to be getting engaged you 're a gal maybe you 're going to buy one for your uh, your uh, your fiance um, if you shop at a store and they mention the fact that they buy their entire inventory or own their entire inventory memo a little it is a sign or a cue that they should have better pricing when stores are able to buy their inventories they will always get. A buy price, just like I'm speaking to you about making sure that you're going to pay for it up front. And of course, two or three podcasts ago, I spoke about different methods on how to pay for it um, in an effort to make sure that you receive your best price. You know, using uh, those bank checks, uh, not bank checks, but the um, credit card checks, so you can at least, if you're going to have to leverage your own credit. That um, that you would be able to pay for it in a way that is like cash, and I and I had the podcast. It's under Diamond Answer Man, episode eleven, and that's five simple angles you need to work for your best diamond deal. And that talks about um, you know paying by check, you know getting your twelve months interest free. Uh, that's those bank checks you get from you know companies like Capital One for your Visa and Mastercard. That's if you don't have. The uh, the funds to pay for it right away, and some of these uh, will get you a zero percent interest. So anyway, so I'm I'm saying if you're going to buy that way, and the jeweler's buying that way, there should be discounts on both sides. So if you're able to pay them a way that uh, that is cash or or like cash translates the same way, and get a discount, then um then if they pay for it right away, there could be another discount in there. Maybe it's as much as on top of your negotiated purchase. So um, make sure you ask for it. So stores that own their own inventory will get that same kind of discount. Um, They will be able to um, have more inventory. In fact, in some cases, uh, the dealers who have memo will also leave them extra memo items at that same kind of reduced price if they buy enough. And that, of course, will help you be able to get a better value. Um, So Memo uh, is a a negative, but it can be a positive, right? And uh, if they buy their entire inventory, they're also stronger financially. So when you have a situation where you're talking about return policies, if they own their own inventory and they've paid for it up front, you're talking about a store that has a level of of, uh, financial strength. That is necessary for making sure that it always, always is able to uh, to take care of its customers and uh, and uh, make sure that it has a high level of integrity. Personality, enthusiasm, and integrity uh, should always be the highest uh, focus. And those are those key features and aspects that we look for when we're trying or looking for a. A jeweler or a dealer to work with. Um, You know, how transparent are they in these situations? I know there are lots and lots of jewelers out there who are strong, like my friend I was just talking about, who's opening up his new store, who's completely transparent. you know, he he. Uh, I think he he wears everything right there on his sleeve, and he knows that by being involved in the community, that um, everything he does is is for the support of the community. Because he knows when he gives back to the community, the community will give back to him, and, uh, and he does. He buys as much as he possibly can to make sure he always returns the best value to his customers, who, who, are, who are not just his customers, but he, he is their customer in many cases, and he, and he buys from them the things he needs to buy. You know, so whether we're talking about stocks for your store, um, or, or just business relationships, he also shops with the people that do business with him, and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I know that's not really talked about in today's world, but uh, when you do that and return uh, in both ways, it's a magical relationship uh, to know that when you're selling to someone else um, and they feel uh, good about your purchase or their 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 purchase, and they they then turn. or or you then turn to them uh, for what their wares are or their services, or maybe they're a contractor and their work. Um, It's a magical, fantastic relationship to have. So memo. Memo just creates opportunity if they don't have it in stock. Memo is something that uh, allows you to see much, much more than what a jeweler may have in store. But again, a strong balance with Buying with memo is the best way to be. Um, Just not too much memo. A store that doesn't have any diamonds in stock and has to memo everything to you um, is not necessarily in the best position to be working with. They're leveraging someone else's money to take you and keep you as a client. Uh, So unless their whole, whole company structure is that way, like Blue Nile... Uh, it may not be the best thing to do. Well, this is Diamond Answer Man episode 15. We're talking about memo. We're talking about the uh, the auction that's coming up in Christie's with the Archduke Joseph Diamond going on on auction. And then, of course, a, a press release we're talking about from Rappi where the certified diamond polish prices uh, continued to be soft in September. So if you're a groom right now looking to buy, now I believe is good time to buy, and if you're going to pay, try to pay in cash or leverage some angle to at least pay a a jeweler in that same way. And if they have to memo it in, find out if they're going to pay for it right away. And if they are, make sure they try to leverage that fact that they're going to pay for it right away, not take 30, 60, or 90 days to pay for it. And when they leverage that fact, make sure they pass on that savings to you. This is Diamond Answer Man, episode 15, If you have any questions about this podcast, you may reach me at DiamondAnswerMan.com or contact me at 803-792-1326. If you reach me from the website, you may also leave me a voicemail message from that right-hand side of the site where I've got a little link there where it allows you to send a little voicemail right there through there. If you've got a microphone on your computer or your phone, you may also find me on Twitter and my Twitter handle there is D-A-M-J-C. Gurrit. That's D-A-M-J-C-G-U-R-I. Tz, uh, I believe you also maybe will search by Diamond Answerman. Diamond Answer Man, uh, excuse me, I almost said dot com. Uh, you may also find me on Google Plus. So if you're on Google Plus, same thing. J. Christopher Gertz, you'll find me there, and you'll find some of my posts there. So I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter, on LinkedIn, you'll find me as uh, J. Christopher Gertz, and you can connect with me there. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I'll see you most likely next week. Thank you.